Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about history? If so, then try my podcast, Calm History. You'll learn all about famous explorers, inventions, civilizations, ancient wonders, and even the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to calmhistory.com. Hello, welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm your host, Nikki Eisenhower, life coach and psychotherapist. And on today's episode, I'm discussing good enough, the inner bully, and five strengths as an exercise. This is an audience of people learning to heal the not good enough and grow into good enough, which sounds overly simple. Not good enough. Once this program is downloaded into a developing human being, this not good enough dynamic touches an absurd amount of our life force. It can touch nearly every waking and sleeping moment of our lives. The inner critic or the inner bully has a powerful ability to chime in on nearly everything. And I'm not using the word everything lightly. If you're cooking a delicious meal, not good enough, not enough spice or too much. Dress up for a wedding, hair, makeup, outfit, dancing, socializing, none of it is good enough. Show up on time, bright and willing to a job interview, answer every question, rehashing and torturing the self with coulda, woulda, shouldas. It's so absurdly easy if we grew up in any amount of unsafety, if our parents were immature, if there was a lot of chaos, if there was a lot of struggle, like a sibling or a parent was mentally sick or physically sick, then we had to do a lot of self-raising without a lot of healthy guidance. And in that space, the human ego seems to develop an inner bully. Now, I keep using the word absurd around the not good enough because it truly is absurd. If we had a rough and tough childhood, if we were neglected, and with us tasked at navigating This modern world, which can be extremely mindless and extremely surface level when we are deep, highly sensitive people, it is absurd to allow so much of our precious energy to continue ripping ourselves an internal emotional new asshole 
And it is absurd to not wrangle that energy, shut down that inner critic, and give all of that energy to the good enough, to lifting ourselves up, to learning to own a true mistake or misstep or faux pas. And a faux pas is just defined as an embarrassing or tactless act in a social situation. It's when we put our foot in our mouth accidentally. But we get to learn how to use our energy to own these types of missteps and mistakes and faux pas without dinging our self-esteem, without digging a hole of depression, without hurting our self-worth. We get to learn how to own our mistakes and our human messiness and our flaws and put energy into writing our mistakes to the best of our ability when we can. This is a self-worth builder, an esteem builder, compared to that inner bully that just tears us down and tears us down and tears us down again and again. When people tell me that they've been to lots of therapy with lots of decent to solidly good therapists out there, but that they think it hasn't really worked, or that they have so much head knowledge from reading books, from listening to podcasts, from trying so hard to figure themselves out therapeutically, but their body still feels exhausted, tight, anxious. It's almost always because the inner bully, that inner critic, that inner asshole ripper, if you will, has been allowed to run rampant. This is the emotional equivalent of going to a therapist to talk about getting out of a physically abusive relationship while continuing to go home and getting hit daily. That physical situation needs to change and that person needs to be physically away from the physical abuser at a minimum. Other details of life can be dealt with after that person is away from their abuser. Emotionally, many of you are listening going to therapy, reading all those books, listening to all those podcasts, working so hard, all while you allow your own inner bully to pick you apart, to make you doubt every single positive move that you make, that you attempt, and emotionally continue to abuse yourself. Now, no therapist or coach in the world can help you in this dynamic unless you were truly ready and willing to own the inner bully and work to silence her or him. Without this work, it's two steps forward, two steps back. It's so frustrating and it's demoralizing and dehumanizing to be trying so hard while not addressing this very part that holds us back. And this is maybe more important than ever right now because suicide is skyrocketing. And who do you think suggests suicide to a struggling heart, mind, and body? It's certainly not our spiritual part. It's certainly not our wisest parts that talk to us about killing ourselves. It's the bastard inner critic, the bastard inner bully suggesting that everyone else's life would be so much better if we were to take our own life. That is the number one thought that leads someone to suicide. This is wrong. This is not right. And it is only language born of the inner bully. And when we're living with an inner bully, the only offered escape route from the one bullying us is death.
because we can't escape that internal bullying. This is why unless someone is in a suicide cult, almost all suicide happens alone. We know that if someone reaches out and calls to talk to someone, almost anyone, that they don't complete the act of self-death. Because in that moment, they stop listening to that inner bully. They get their consciousness outside of themselves, outside of that cruel voice. And they connect with reality. They connect with someone who cares. It doesn't fix everything in that moment for sure. We have to address this inner bully. We cannot allow it to go on. I know that you want to feel safe inside. You deserve to feel safe inside. We can be mindful and keep at the forefront that it is most definitely the individual job of each of us as highly sensitive people and survivors to stubbornly, this is where I like using this stubbornness that goes through so much of this beautiful tribe of high sensitivity. We can use our stubbornness to disallow messages from the inner bully. We can remember that the bully has a sneaky way of showing up like the most destructive friend we've ever had. We must learn to decipher with discernment these different voices in our heads, dialing down the critical bullying voice while dialing up the voice of wisdom. It's what I call the wise woman or the wise man that is available to grow inside of all of us. We get to work on self-worth. Our self-worth language is anti-bullying language. Self-worth work fortifies us with esteem. I'm going to offer a little activity and I'm going to model it by doing the activity with you. And surely you can totally listen to this episode and just listen and take it in. But if you really want to squeeze the healing value out of this episode, whip out a journal, do this exercise with me now or later. And it's going to sound wildly simple. And the inner critic loves to cut down simplicity and make things complicated, doesn't it? That inner bully might say, what a small, stupid activity. We're not doing that. I want you to know that your wise man or your wise woman has the power to step in and offer your own self teachings like, hey, self, we've tried life your way for so long, and I don't like how I'm feeling. I don't like the results that you offer. I will be trying things suggested by people who seem light and happy, fulfilled and knowledgeable about what might work better for our mental health than what we've been trying to throw against the wall and make stick. I'm sick and tired of listening to you, this inner bully, and I won't anymore. You are not my friend. My wise woman, my wise man, that is my friend. That is my ally. Here is the exercise. To list five things that you like and love about yourself, things that you are good at, quirks that belong to you and make you unique and special. This is so very important. This is a muscle that can be strengthened. Part of why it's so important is because most of us can fill up a notebook with what we don't like about ourselves, our failures, how we are less than. 
You could write that negative list out so fast the paper might catch fire. But if I ask you to sit down, to lift yourself up, to light up for yourself, to acknowledge your goodness, your gifts, and if you hear crickets when it's time to honor what you like and love about yourself, if your mind goes blank, if you feel a big, huh, huh, and just emptiness in your head at the question, what do you like and love about yourself? Then this is an exercise you need. You need to strength training here. This is how you take your positive power back from that negative bully that has had so much lifelong practice that it can fill up a notebook with your not good enoughs with ease and speed. We want to grow those muscles that can fill up a notebook with your goodness, with your ease, with what you like and love about yourself. And I'm going to model by listing five things that I like and love about myself as a coach and as a therapist. This is a list of things that I couldn't have said to myself years ago that I have had to grow into as a professional and as a person. This activity can be used specifically like I'm using it for my coach therapist part, or it can be more in general. And you do know what you need. And the more that you do exercises like this, your muscles will get strength trained around your goodness instead of what's critical and not good enough. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about pivotal moments in history? If so, then try my new podcast, Calm History. It's a time machine of tranquility filled with immersive and fascinating stories from history. Prior episodes include The Pilgrims, Marco Polo, Henry Ford, Joan of Arc, Jackie Robinson, Klondike Gold Rush, Ancient Greek Olympics, Easter Island, and the Great Pyramid of Giza. There's also a six-part series about the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to Calm History. The first thing that I want to share with you about what I like and love about myself as a coach and therapist is that I like and love that I use my sense of humor to connect and teach. It used to scare me. I used to feel like less of a professional, even dumb in comparison to many of my colleagues. And now I fully like and love this about myself. I like how this helps me be effective at helping teaching and healing. I'm so proud that my younger self was unsuccessful at burying my own funny bone far, far away from my professionalism like I tried to for a bit. I am a highly effective silly goose, one who knows and trusts when to be silly and when to be serious. I am glad that I like and love this about myself. Number two, I like and love that I listened to my gut seven years ago about moving my practice online. It scared me to make such a change. Colleagues I had at the time met me with fear and trepidation about what would be lost for 
me and for my clients from in-person sessions. The truth is I've gained so much more than what's lost. I get to meet pets. I get to see living rooms and bedrooms. I get to see the spaces where my clients are spending their time. I get to understand the vibe of their living space. I get to see home gyms. I get to see new babies. I get to see babies growing up. I get to meet spouses in a simple and casual way that was not available to me with my brick and mortar office. Just a human little popping in to say, hi, hello, nice to meet you at the starter end of a digital session. I found out clients are artists by seeing their art in the background of our sessions and being able to ask questions, then working their artistic abilities into our work together. The only thing I feel missing is the hugs. And quite a few of my clients have visited Denver over the years and coordinated meeting in real life. And those have made for very, very, very special hugs. I like and love that I've grown into trusting my healing instincts. I am more rested and present because I don't have to commute. I don't have to keep up a brick and mortar office, which is kind of like a whole nother home. This change has been a big win. And now I'm able to work with people all over the world. I'm proud and I like and love that I listened to my instincts despite the fear. Number three, I like and love that I am comfortable with silence and always have been. When I was in my master's program in college for counseling, this was taught as a counseling skill. It was something that we had to practice in class in front of each other, with each other, with our professors. And I learned that most of my classmates nervously tried to fill the space. And I had no idea that I had a natural gift for just sitting with people and allowing silence. And I had no idea that that was going to be a necessary counseling skill. When we don't fill up every quiet moment with chatter as the counselor, as the therapist, as the coach, out of a sense of discomfort or a sense of responsibility to fill up every moment of space, clients often step into that silence sharing something profound, something from their subconscious, something that surprises them that they say, something that opens up our work. Being comfortable with silence is also being comfortable with spaciousness. And just like in physical space, We don't like it so much if it's chaotic and cluttered, jam-packed with stuff because it doesn't feel as nurturing, as supportive, or peaceful as the breathing room offered in a well-organized, spacious space. I like that I have this natural strength, and it has been a huge asset to my work with clients. I like and love my comfort with therapeutic silence. Number four, I like and love the backdrop that I've created for my sessions and my live streams and my teaching webinars. I have a great design eye. My inner child loves this because I was never allowed to have anything but a stark white room. I wasn't allowed to paint my room. I wasn't allowed to have posters or anything on my walls, which made it feel kind of like a prison cell. It was drab. 
my office room is painted purple and I have a mountain scene tapestry that my clients can see because I can see mountains out of my office window now. So I get to share that. I am surrounded by plants and my plants are my friends and I get to share them with everyone who sits with me. I knew when I created my first intentionally beautiful background for my clients that there would be an effective comfort of security and of familiarity as clients spent more and more time with me in subsequent sessions. I knew there would be a subconscious positive effect and I've been delighted to have clients not keep it in their subconscious and articulate how inviting the space is that I've created for them. Serene is the word that many of them have used. And I love that that serenity is translatable, even through our digital appointments. I like and love my design eye and the cozy way I create and hold space for myself and others. Number five, I like and love my authenticity. I can know all the fanciest therapeutic techniques in the world. I could keep getting whatever letters behind my name or certifications into perpetuity to fine-tune my skills, like I see so many therapists do. But what I know in the very core of my being seven years after taking my business and story online through this podcast is that the vulnerability and the art of being real, of not hiding Not trying to be what anyone else wants me to be or thinks I should be. Giving myself permission to not heed the messages thrown at us from society or professionalism of what or who I should be and how I should show up. I know with the deepest knowing that when I am fully myself, it gives subconscious permission for other people to be themselves too. And that is everything. I like and love myself. I accept my story, all of it, the darkness, the light, and everything in between. And I will never, ever, ever hide myself from life again. I like and love myself as a professional and as a person. And there was a time I thought that was impossible. I like and love myself. I like and love your authenticity too. And I promise it is available for you too. And it is freedom. I am overrun with gratitude. I just taught the last lesson in the boundaries course. We still have two review lessons, but I just taught the last part of the material. And every year I am astounded with how similar and different the group is the amount of compassion that the group shows each other, the kindness, the realness, the vulnerability. I've also been thinking a lot about us hitting the five-year mark soon with Emotional Badass. And I just want to thank all of you for being on this journey with me and with us. Some of you have been out there listening since the very beginning. Y'all have seen me change and grow on this journey. And I want to give specific thanks to those of you who are in the Patreon, who are growing there with me and with yourselves, with your inner children and each other. I want to thank this year's Boundary Course participant and every year there have been more than 500 of you to go through that course 
And for those of you that are lonely, for those of you who feel isolated and needing to do this work, I hope you hear that number and go, wow, I really am unalone. There are other people on the planet trying to figure out very similar things and that you allow that to be a connection, a spiritual connection that helps fill you and hold you. It's available to you to offer yourself that. We have so much power in what we offer ourselves, especially when we step into our wise woman and our wise man and get away from that nasty inner critic. I want to thank those of you who have listened to our sponsors. That's a new way of helping me help you and getting the show out there. It only counts when you listen to the full advertisement. So thank you to those of you who have allowed those advertisements to run. That's not just for our podcast. It's for every podcast and every podcaster that's out there. And if you're not in this field, you might not know that. So if you want to support me or other podcasters, that's a real strong way to do so is to let those ads run from our sponsors. And my commitment to y'all and taking new sponsors, that's my new growth, is that I'm only willing to promote things that I really believe in and really use and really think will be useful additions to your life if you decide to try out anything that we offer through our sponsorships. I hope that you take some time today to sit with yourself and allow yourself to look through the lens of what you like and love about yourself. The more you dial down the volume on that inner critic, the more you grow your worth and your self-love becomes at some point so much more. That's why I use the term soul care. Isn't that really what we're doing? The more that I have healed and grown, the more I just feel a warmth inside of me, an okayness, a peace, a groundedness, a security. And if I can get there, anybody can, no matter what your struggles. Thank you so much for being on this journey with me. And thank you for listening and allowing me into your life to share what I have to share with you. Your healing possibilities are endless. And when you have trouble believing that, maybe come back and listen to me saying it again. I can believe it for you until you get there yourself. Healing is possible for anybody that has the insight and the awareness to have that intention and to be willing to seek it out. Humans were made for hard work and we can figure out the good hard work as we let go of that inner critic that makes the hard work so much harder and bring more and more ease and peace, self-respect, self-regard, self-love that culminates in soul care, light and love. If you want to come to Patreon for the next live stream Q&A, the next topic is triggers. What to do with them, what not to do with them, how to relate, anything you want to ask about triggers. Patreon.com backslash emotional badass. You can also get all of the archived live stream Q&As and all of the exclusive episodes that we have there for you. There are over 50 so that you can do the good work of rewiring and letting go of what no longer serves you so that you can find what truly does. Light and love. And thank you so much for being out there in the world. I'm an emotional badass. You are an emotional badass. And together, we are where Moxie meets Mindful. 
white in love, and I'll see you right here next time for a brand new episode. Bye-bye. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about history? If so, then try my podcast, Calm History. You'll learn all about famous explorers, inventions, civilizations, ancient wonders, and even the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to Calm History dot com.